Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bowes. In this episode, we're discussing the Bollywood musical Taj Express, which has just kicked off a North American tour. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Hi. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Good. Are you ready for some theater? Yes. The uh, sexiest art. <laughs> yes. So this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode because we have a live musical to review. Uh, also, you and I have both been really sick over this past week. Yeah. Um, I went to Grand Prairie. Yeah. Do you want to hear my tip about Grand Prairie? Don't go to Grand Prairie. Never go to Grand Prairie. <laughs> Never go to Grand Prairie. Uh, yes. You went to Grand Prairie, got sick, came back. Uh, or you came back, then got sick. Well, I think I got sick there, but didn't really realize until I got home. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, came back, then got me sick. Uh, so it's been a bit of a week where we have not... Some coffin. <laughs> we have not been motivated to do anything. But we did interview... Well, we interviewed them before we went, but we did go to see Taj Express. Yeah, we went to see so Taj that's something. Express. Yes, and I apologize to everyone who was sitting near me that had to put up with all my coughing and sniffling. There was two really elaborately dressed white guys next to me. Wearing kind of like paisley um, Nehru collared jackets. Yeah? Yeah. Were they having a good time? Seemed like they were. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get to that, guess what, Matt? We have a review. We have a new review. Yeah. This is from the Australian Apple Podcasts page, and it is from Ronald underscore you, where they say, full of insights and sometimes hilarious analysis. Mm-hmm. I'm Indian who lived in Australia and now moved to Canada. Oh. Welcome to Canada. Welcome. It's interesting that you're still on the Australian iTunes store. <laughs> do you use a VPN to do Australian stuff? Well, like, I can switch ours to other countries, so... Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it's curious. I, I would be actually interested to hear how many people who've moved away but still stay on their respective Apple, you know, stores. Mm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways, Ronald underscore you goes on to say... That's part of the reason why I didn't have a lot of general appreciation for Indian cinema until I found this podcast. Mm. Your knowledge of films is fascinating, and you guys seem to know more about Indian cinema than most Indians, including myself. I love your discussions, various themes that you come up with for episodes. Matt's super honesty and the banter between the two of you. You guys make my daily commutes much easier to handle. Thank you. Oh, well, Hmm. thank you, Ronald. Yes, thank you, Ronald, for leaving that great review. We... Really appreciate it. That was five stars, um, by the way. It was five stars. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we encourage all of our listeners to leave us star ratings. Oh, biffle points. Podcast. Ten biffle points to Ronald Yu. Ten biffle Enjoy. points. Enjoy. Don't spend them all at the same place at the biffle points store. <laughs> all right. So Taj Express. It's a musical that Alberta. It's a Bell. real musical, right? Like this is musical theater. Right. As opposed to a Bollywood film. Right, right. It's actually, I mean, even saying it's a musical is not entirely correct because there's not it's that a, much like. It's singing. what you would call in French a spectacle. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it's a dance musical. Yeah. Uh, that Alberta Ballet had just brought to town to open its latest season. I think it's like the, the 53rd, 53rd or something. I think. Yeah, yeah, 53rd season. Uh, Good for them. They've had ballet for 53 years now. I just think it's amazing that the art form of ballet has existed for 53 years. Can you believe it? Who would have thought? 1966, ballet is invented. (laughs) Who would have thought it would have stuck around? Alberta was at the forefront of this. 
so we were really fortunate to attend the the Friday night performance here in Edmonton. And yes, thanks really, to Alberta Ballet for uh, hooking us up with review tickets. Yes, and Bottom Line Productions. Yeah. Uh, so we really appreciate uh, that they brought this show to town, and it is now touring uh, the rest of the continent. So Packed house. Oh, I don't yeah. think there was a free seat, and uh, yeah, after having interviewed the two uh, uh, actors, mm-hmm. performers that I was able to speak to, it was, it was cool to see them on stage. Yes, so our last episode, for those that listened, was an interview with um, the performers who play Karina Kaboom and Shankar. They are Nanan Samadar and Tanvi Patel. So thanks again to Nanan and Tanvi for coming on the show. So just a bit of, before we get into kind of how we felt about the show and what we took away from it, we'll just give a bit of background information, as we always do. Um, So as we mentioned, the show is called Taj Express. It's directed by Shruti Merchant and choreographed by her sister, Vaibhavi Merchant. Now, people who are familiar with Bollywood or kind of contemporary Indian dance are would recognize the name Vibhavi Merchant and her sister. Are they related to Merchant as in Merchant Ivory? As far as I am aware, there is no connection. Okay. Uh, so Vibhavi Merchant is kind of a regular... She's a choreographer in Bollywood, and we'll get to her credits in a second. Uh, but she's also a regular on um, those Indian dance shows, like So You Think You Can Dance and, and the like. Sure. Um, she also has a cameo as one of the judges in Student of the Year alongside Farrah Khan. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we've seen her before. Um, but Vai Bobby Merchant and her sister Shruti Merchant are the granddaughters of choreographer Hiralalji Merchant. Okay. Or Hiral B. Merchant. Uh, he was a choreographer kind of in the golden age of Bollywood from the early 1950s to the mid-1980s. Sure. And so his granddaughters are now, you know, following in his footsteps. Okay. Um, Vai Merchant's life, uh, as well as her grandfather's life, was previously staged in another musical called The Merchants of Bollywood. They and had a, their own musical about them? Yes. Oh, that's cool. And this is kind of the follow-up to that. So that was an Australian musical, from what I understand, you know, Australian-Indian. And it was also written by Toby Gao, who has has written this musical as well. Okay. Uh, so Vai Vai Merchant started out um, by assisting her uncle, Chini Prakash. Uh, and her first solo piece is Dola Baje in Hamdil Tachuke Sanam. Great song, great um, scene. Yeah, for which she won the National Film Award for choreography. And yeah, that is I get it. an iconic scene in that film and an incredible It's the scene I remember the dancing. best of the whole movie. Yeah. Um, so she's gone on to work in such films as Tigers and Dehay, Befik Ray, the Doom series, Jab Tech Hai John, Student of the Year, where, as I mentioned, she also has a cameo, Aya, Ban Baja Barat, and many, many, many more. I like all of those movies. <laughs> yeah. I didn't her, realize there was a commonality. Her list of credits is impressive. Her sister has also uh, done some, some choreography. She choreographed Thug Lay from Ladies vs. Ricky Bell, which is the song that plays during the credits. I don't really remember that one. It's the it's like the the music video one where yeah I remember like, the they're oh, on like a set and I remember the oh ladies one and then when they go to that rave on the beach yeah no this is one that like doesn't even exist within the world of the film it's just huh. plays during the credits you it's should fun, watch though. it afterwards I yeah. guess yeah it's fun uh, so that's a bit of background on 
um, the people behind the show. Matt, do you want to give us a tell us a bit about what the show is like? Okay, so it's kind of a meta show, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, I think it's designed so that basically all the average um, viewer would need to know is Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah, oh, they, for they sure. They do mention it quite a bit. Yeah. But I'm wondering if maybe they change that depending on where it's performed because it seemed kind of modular. Mm. There was lots of jokes that they slipped in about Donald Trump, for instance, or... Yeah. Um, I think the A.R. Rahman and Slumdog Millionaire kind of opener and and kind of the, the A.R. Rahman uh, inspiration throughout the, the show, I think that will always stays the same. Yeah, but it's, it's designed in such a way that you could slot in new songs right. and like kind of topical humor. Yeah. But it's about a young composer named Shankar who... Uh, we met um, in real life, played by Ninad Samadar, who... Well, we met over a computer, but... Yeah, <laughs> computers are real life. You yeah. know this. He's a young, up-and-coming composer in the film world. Um, and basically, the whole show is us watching him work his way through his first movie. Yeah. And, and he the, idolizes A.R. Rahman. Yeah, he loves A.R. Rahman, talks about his work and he wants to try and live up to that someday um he's working on a movie called taj express very meta which is being put together by a producer named raj pakora which kind of a funny uh, <laughs> funny name there um i i still Do you think, think that's supposed to be a play on raj kapoor oh i think it's 100 percent supposed to be okay. a play on raj kapoor and not only that i think the kind of key art on the front on the posters and everything it's uh, a guy <clears throat> And a, a girl, so presumably Arjun and uh, Karina Kaboom. Who are the stars of the Who are the, the stars of the movie that, within the musical. Yeah. They are kind of posed in a, in a way that to me suggests the RK Films logo. She's not um, mm. like kind of as dipped back and he's not holding a fiddle. But it kind of gives off that vibe to me. Right. So anyway, Shankar is working on this movie, um, which is kind of changing in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. First off, uh, Shankar shows uh, Karina Kaboom the kind of heartbeat of the movie, and she dances to three songs. Mm-hmm. Then it moves to show Arjun, the, the king of the streets, who is, he runs... Oh, so in the movie, Karina Kaboom is a starlet mm-hmm. inside the world of the movie, inside <laughs> of the world of the musical. Right. Right? Yeah, there's a, there's a kind of a meta layer on it, because... We are following Shankar, who's writing the music for the film, and the performances are from the film. And also, Karina Kaboom, the character in the film, is also making a film. Or is yeah. just kind of being a starlet. She goes to parties, yeah. all kinds of stuff. So there's all, all kinds of layers. Yeah. Um, she meets this guy named Arjun, who is a... Uh, he runs a youth center for gangsters <laughs> in the middle of the city in Mumbai. Um, they fall in love with each other. There's a kind of villain type guy named Shakal who wants to steal Arjun's school, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the the characters are very broad, and also they don't really talk. No. Like, uh, they dance. Yeah, Shankar talks all the time. Yeah. And, and he his ha- band. He has his, a live band with his him. His band. He's got um, the animal, which <laughs> they call him, who does the drums. And I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. And they also have a guy named Flash who does... Uh, uh, live guitar, yeah. and I don't, I didn't catch the guy who uh, did the flute's name, but according to the playbill, his name was Avadut Fadke. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't remember what his character was named. No. But he was also great. So those three and Shankar are kind of the Greek chorus. No, no, they're the main characters. Yeah. I, like the, the, the dancers are kind of the, main, the Greek chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, but we follow basically the story of this movie and how it gets changed halfway through. Like Raj Pakora doesn't like this song, so he tells Shankar, make a new song. Mm-hmm. And it's one of it's what you hear about those uh, 70s, 80s Bollywood films where they kind of just made the script up on the spot. It was based on the director kind of going to the hero's house and telling him a story, and mm-hmm. then they just work from that. So it shows that kind of malleable nature of it. I think this is very smart because I'll say it, most of the people present there, there was mostly white people, I would say. Maybe a third to half uh, Indian people. Yeah, there were there were a lot of, of kind of people of South Asian descent yeah. who came out as well. Yeah. And you can't but if you want to appeal to everyone in Alberta, for instance, you can't really have it be based on, you know, Sholay or something. Yeah. The a lot of the audience is not going to have that kind of background. They, again, they probably only know Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. So by basing it on that and explaining who A.R. Ramana is and why this Shankar likes him so much, we could follow that character's journey. And I think it walks a fine line between, like, laughing at the idea of a Bollywood movie, be kind of being over the top and having right. characters that don't make any sense and... You know, oh, it's time for a fight scene, like that kind of meta winking humor, and like legitimately appreciating that stuff. Yeah, and that's something that I that I really appreciated in the show is I really thought that it was accessible both to a uh, an audience that is unfamiliar with Bollywood as well as an audience that is familiar with Bollywood who are going to recognize, you know, a lot of the cliches and the tropes and kind of certain gestures. You know, at one point our hero Arjun, you know, emulates Shah Rukh Khan. He does a Shah Rukh Khan move. He is kind of surrounded by dancers at that point. So at the time we watched it, he wasn't able to fully extend his arms. Yeah. But we knew what he was doing. Yeah, we knew what he was doing. And, so- and uh, uh, Shah Rukh Khan is the only real-life person, apart from A.R. Rahman, I think, who is... Name checked. Yeah, in the show. Yeah. So, you know, like there's there's stuff that because we watch so much Bollywood that we recognize. But then I also thought they that they do a really good job of kind of just hand holding you through what a Bollywood movie is. Yeah. Like. I think my mother would enjoy this. Yeah. Like she's never seen a Bollywood movie in her life. I know that's weird. Your mm-hmm. mom has. But like she's <laughs> never seen one, but I think she would get the point. Yeah. And it's not like tokenizing or otherizing. It's not like look at these no. Wacky weirdos in their film industry. It's just more like, well, that's showbiz. Partly because it's coming from people who are, you know, within the context of the the piece. In, you know, they're on the inside. And they are so insiders, but when, it's not off-putting. Yeah. So when they're making fun of, you know, Bollywood, it's it comes across as a as self-deprecating, but also kind of genuine. It's not an SNL sketch about Bollywood movies. No, no, not at all. Uh, also, the kind of plot of the film. Eventually, they get on the Taj Express, you know, which is a a train sort line. of metaphysical train that goes from Mumbai down to South India. Exactly, and so uh, by having the the plot line of we don't the, see the train. No, by having the plot line of the show take that route, it allows the show itself to take the route where it takes us down into other parts of India and shows us different aspects of Indian culture through dance. Yeah, it was it was actually kind of a weird structure because the first half 
before the interval, which they do pop up a thing that says intermission and it made me laugh. Yeah. Um, but that was one thing that you asked the performers is, will there be an interval? You and I are very like, I don't know. I love intervals. intervals. I love the idea of it. And if you want to replicate the experience, you got to have that. Yeah. But it kind of split the, um, styles of dance and narrative into because mm-hmm. the first half is all Hindi musical and there's songs from Hindi musicals that we recognized yeah and it is kind of like that over the top look to it whereas the second half and it's all in Mumbai obviously yeah it's all in Mumbai and then the second half is traveling around and you get kind of a devotional song you get a yeah. Bhangra song you get uh South Indian music and, and and there you get to see you know different dance styles like I am totally going to butcher this, and I apologize. It's a long word. Uh, like Bharatanatyam. Yeah. So it's, from Tamil Nadu. It is an interesting way of um, framing the movie. Uh, yeah. Not the movie. Well, I guess it is framing the movie. But it, it's an interesting way of framing this exploration of various dance and music styles. To have it completely mm-hmm. bifurcated. It does kind of go back to Mumbai stuff at the end for a big kind of chorus you know, return. But it takes a weird side trip. And I love the fact that you get to see all of these different dance styles and music styles. And so in addition to seeing some Bharatanatyam, we also see some Kathak at a certain point. There's, as you mentioned, some Bhangra. And there's an amazing set piece in the middle um, where you see some Garba and some Dandia. You know, so yeah. you see some folk style dancing. It actually takes you- the Dol Baje song and yeah. then melds it with uh, Dandia. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, the ver- it's the version from Ramlila and yeah. not that which has a different name. I forget what what the name is. Um and not the version from Hamdilshuke Sanam, but it's it's similar to to the scene that you see in. That's kind Ram-Lila. of it's actually used for a much happier scene than it is in uh, <laughs> uh, Ramlila. It is. And I, I got very excited because Garba is one of the dancing styles that I've been doing for, I guess, over a year now. That song also has a killer opening. So you are, you know, like right away what, what's going yeah, down. Yeah. Um, so I guess that gets, like, that's kind of the basic outline of the show. And so I guess now, like, what were some of your favorite moments and favorite pieces? Well, something cool about it is that they have a kind of translucent screen mm. where uh, Shankar and his band you could kind of see them but they're a little bit obscured Yeah, and they can kind of banter while stuff is happening on stage but then they also project like background images on there so there was a big Ganesh statue at one point Yes, or there's like a temple or there's like uh, you know a seaside look that Ganesh scene with the big Ganesh statue was one of my favorite parts of the show because that's the hero's entrance and he enters in like a big devotional parade for Ganesh and there's all these drummers and But then he does kind of hip hoppy stuff. It's it's sort of like what happens in Jude too. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, when He's Salman, even kind of dressed the same way. Yeah, or when Salman Khan is introduced in um Bajrani Bajan yeah. or Ramveer Singh when he's introduced in Ram Leela with yeah. all the Rams. Like that to me was such a typical like hero introduction yeah. from Bollywood. It was so exciting to see it live. Yeah. And it just like you immediately I felt like I immediately understood the kind of hero that Arjun was. It's also strange considering um about four weeks ago I went to go see Iron Maiden, <laughs> who also have a big they have big painted sort of screens okay. and each song has a different painting of Eddie. For their logo guy, right, yeah, okay. like being in various battles and things, and I was like, "Oh, that's really weird that they're they're doing the exact <laughs> same thing in Taj Express." So, uh, if you like Iron Maiden, you know, 
that one aspect of this show might do it for you. Sure, sure, Matt. Uh, but I, I, I mean, it's kind of difficult to narrow in characters on this, right? Because really, the only character is mm-hmm. Shankar. Yeah. And I did like his interplay with Flash, the guitarist. They had kind of a uh, sort of brotherly kind of riff, riffing off each other thing. And Flash was making fun of him for, you know, being such a uh, A.R. Rama nerd. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of fun. And I thought the live band was actually awesome. Yeah. And they were a- fan- like, especially keeping up to the songs I knew. Yeah. And especially the drummer, like. As far as I could tell, he did not miss a beat the entire time. Yeah, it was a good mix of live music and recorded music, uh, which I appreciated because I do kind of want to hear some of the songs the way I know them. It's that thing like when you go see a band live and if they play a song that you know like intimately because you've listened to it a thousand times, the live version is never as good Yeah, because it's just not the one you know. But at one point in the show, they do, you know, and they're like, this is what A.R. Rahman really sounds like. And yeah. they play, and they invite everyone. They do Chaya Chaya live. Yeah. They play Chaya Chaya live, and they invite everyone to sing along with them. And what was really funny, Matt, was no one near us knew what song it was or was singing. No, those two really nicely dressed guys, they didn't get it. <laughs> no one around us knew what it was. And I'm sitting there, even though I'm all stuffed up in coffee, just yeah. singing Chaya Chaya. There's also. Which I only know the lyrics, Chaya Chaya. And there was also some useful yoga that uh, Flash let us in. Yeah. It's sort of a, that go- there was, press, a... press your your thumb on your nose. And it was really helpful considering we were both stuffed up. So it was kind of nice. Yeah. He, <laughs> he knew a... that we needed help. He had a good level of audience. He was kind of, he was like the, yeah, he's the guy that talks to the audience. Yeah, exactly. He would break the fourth wall. And he, he also was the one that taught a bit of Bhangra. There was a bit of Yeah, like they did a live Bhangra song where he played guitar and the drummer came out and played drums. Yeah. And, you know, it was funny. He teaches you kind of a step, basically. But it was, again, only old white people getting up and doing it. So, I mean, I'm pretty shy and that kind of thing. You didn't get up and do any bhangra. So, I don't know. I was tired. I'm very stuffed up. Yeah. Also, I didn't want to, like, get in anyone's way. Yeah, exactly. I sang Chaya Chaya. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was impressed with how uh, contemporary the show was at times. Yeah. Um, They incorporated songs um, that are as new as kind of just from last year. So there's a song from Simba in the show, a song from Sonu K Titu Ki Sweetie, uh, which is a movie I hate, <laughs> but I do love that song. Uh, it's the oh, it's the one where they they reference uh, uh, Rihanna, bomb diggity. Right. Um, it is that modular nature though. Like yeah. um, we watched a kind of promo video, or you sent it to me. I I watched yeah. the whole thing. I don't know if you did. I did. It was a promo video from four or five years ago of this show, and there were older songs there. Yeah. So I was kind of anticipating it would be, you know, your 2010s type songs. But slotting in new stuff is cool. Yeah. And it's a way to keep it relevant. And if you're the foreign sons, like really, it's a way to make people want to go see it more than once too. Yeah, yeah, really kind of contemporary and relevant stuff, as well as some like older songs. Yeah. Not everything was super new, and I was very excited. Uh, to hear Chamak Chalo and the choreography to Chamak Chalo, I thought was incredible. We told our friends <laughs> afterwards that that song is about a robot, <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah, uh, they he kind of does some of the shark moves with the uh, scarf, right? From uh, that, but and he also he grows sunglasses at some point too. <laughs> they just kind of magically appear. This is Arjun, by the way, who's doing most yeah. of this like hero dancing. Yeah, I will say I was really disappointed because at one point they say. Like, that they're ready to bang, bang. And so I thought, 
It's time. Bang, bang. What a banger. Yeah. So stoked. Just watched that movie. It was. They did not do bang, bang. No. <laughs> but um, Why would they tease us so, Matt? I guess there's what? Maybe 20 dancers on stage at once. Yeah. Right? I think the top's out there. And maybe even the, more. There are a lot of dancers. On I think stage. their choreography was absolutely bulletproof. Yeah, and and I loved the variety. So, like I said, we had some classical dancing, we had some folk dancing, we also had some like really kind of contemporary Bollywood, some kind of hip hop Bollywood. Um, there was Salsa. a fantastic item number. Yeah, um, they do the item number from Ramlila. Yeah, the ladies. And there's a group of ladies on stage, and they looked so sexy. I think that one was kind of oddly placed, though, because there's like right. a there's like a three song medley very close to the beginning that's Which introducing like, Karina Kabor. Yeah, Ka- all Karina from Kaboom. Kaboom. It is. It felt a little out of place to have the item numbers so early, mm. and maybe that's spoiler alert. The actual movie Taj Express, no one really likes, <laughs> and you could tell because it's kind of a slapdash affair. Shankar's yeah. getting, you know, he's up all night writing songs for it. So maybe that's just showing that the movie itself wouldn't be that well paced, but it doesn't really make sense to have the the heroine introduced so early and an item song and a bunch of all this stuff before the hero even shows up. Fair enough, but it was a good number. I mean, I love the number. <laughs> it was just, I was kind of anticipating something like that happening later. And there's a bit of a male item number later on where the guys are all like decked out in black and gold and you could feel the the up. temperature going up with all the women in the audience oh yeah there was a guy kind of dressed like a chippendale dancer with no shirt on kind of harem pants yeah and a uh, bow tie and yeah. i kept looking at that guy the costumes were fantastic i would say that so they're shiny. not super detailed but they they work because we weren't very close to this front no but they worked for us they were like super shiny and you could tell what they were going for uh, each costume change looked great. And that's, must have been 40 costumes. Oh, the the it, costume it changed like every number. And that was something that's so great about seeing a show like this live is you really get a sense of like the scope and the scale. You know, when you're watching a, a dance scene on film, things are cut up. The camera can, you know, go close in and can yeah. pull out. That can't happen on stage. And so the whole... The whole piece, whether it's just a solo or whether it's 20 dancers on stage, has to be choreographed in such a way that if at the very back of the room, they can still see it and they can still connect with it. Yeah. And so I was really impressed with both the use of space on the stage. And I mean, I will say that the Jubilee, the Northern Jubilee Auditorium, where we saw it, has fantastic sight lines wherever you sit yeah. and great acoustics. It's a beautiful theater. But I was really impressed with how they used the stage to kind of its like full capacity mm-hmm. and also how everything was choreographed in such a way that you could really connect with people's movements and it didn't rely on kind of small small if it did rely on small gestures they were very big and you could see them right yeah it was sort of like when we went to go see david byrne last summer right in the um, same theater in the same theater he also used the stage very geometrically and moved people around so i would say that you know you might want to be right up in the front row and you know see the dancers up close but i kind of i kind of prefer being further back yeah i do so you could see the choreography to its full extent yeah, I actually like, in that theater especially, sitting a little further back um, on the first balcony because I find it really easy to get kind of a bird's eye view of the stage that way. Yeah. And so you can really, I think you can really appreciate the choreography that way. There isn't really a lot of, like, stage stuff, though. 
Yeah. They'll bring out like kind of flowy flags sometimes, and there's the costumes. It's obviously, it's really about the dancing. It though. is really about the dancing, and you get that kind of projected background, like I said. But really, you're not there for stagecraft. Yeah, it's it's a really good mix of kind of um, theater and dance and musical because it's not it's not a Broadway musical. Like when we went to when we were kind of preparing to go see it, I was like, is this going to be like a Broadway musical? Is it going to be more of like a ballet? But it's a bit of it's a bit of a hybrid. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 theater. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's not musical theater. It's like it's like a dance show. Yeah, right. I think unsurprisingly, we loved it. I think that's yeah, that was great. Um, I. Since you know more about dancing than me, mm. like I, I'm always impressed by any dancing. Right. But was this dancing especially impressive to you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it, it was kind of funny. Like at first, I was pointing out to you some of the stuff that I've done in my in my short but then <laughs> dance career. But then they're busting out um, like flips and uh, doing like making. A human chair to carry someone around. Yeah, and just, we just saw, we've gone to so many things lately, but we just <laughs> saw Cirque du Soleil actually in Calgary. Yeah, and there was a little bit of that too, like kind of using bodies to, you know, make props. Yeah, and that's part of what I loved about the show was that it was so physical. It was very much about communicating things through. Through the body, through <clears throat> through dance and through body language. But it's not communicating really a story, me. really. Like it's more a mood thing. Yeah, because the, the story, the story of the story of the movie, it's 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 a very spare story. Sure. Like but you I could think... say in two sentences what all happens in this movie, but you're more there to see big emotions portrayed. Yeah, yeah. So I would say like it's communicating a lot emotionally as all as well as a lot culturally. Like again. Mm-hmm. The, the the choice to kind of take us through, you know, using this train metaphor to take us around India and shows, you know, it goes to the southernmost tip and they go to temples and we never and, see a map though. So if you didn't actually no. know the geography, if you didn't know the geography of India, you might be a little bit confused. Mm-hmm. They do say south a lot. Yeah, but you know, I think it's there's also one of those small uh, kingdoms that you see occasionally it mm-hmm. crops up later on. Yeah, and I just I think it's an important choice that it's not it's not just about Bollywood, but mm-hmm. it's about Indian culture. I think was yeah. one of the things that I took away from it, and how how those two are connected. I could have done without like some of the hacky jokes, you know, Donald Trump yeah. joke. I mean, this thing's going to be playing in Texas. It's going to be playing all over the place. They might want to read the room, but that's for stuff is, like that. That stuff is pretty broad, and people do like that. People do connect. People to like that. it here. Yeah. Um, so. Um, it's touring till December 1st. Uh, it's now in Las Vegas. I don't know if this episode will be out before the Las Vegas show. Ooh, um, this would be great in Vegas. <laughs> I could see this like just being a show in Vegas. Oh, yeah, for sure. It kind of has that um, timeless quality that you need to have a long-running show in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And the spectacle. Yeah. it's Yeah, I, th- I think it, if they wanted to do a residency or something, it would actually work really well. Yeah. It's too bad there isn't like a Bollywood-themed hotel. That would be awesome. Mm. So then going to California, New Mexico. It could Mexico. be like the the Shalimar thing from Happy New Year, like that, right. that kind of uh, Dubai hotel thing. That's what I would call, like, you could make that in Vegas. That could be the framework of the Las Vegas casino that holds Tosh Express as its floor show. Oh, okay. I'm on like four other levels here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all good. 
Uh, so after Vegas, it's Gordon, California, New Mexico, Texas, Arkansas, Kansas, Mississippi, Alabama, North Carolina, Michigan, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Virginia, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and then back to Canada um, to visit Montreal and Toronto. So if you are in any of these areas... Go check it out. It was really good. Yeah, we highly encourage you to check it out. Yeah. Uh, we had a great time. Again, we want to thank Alberta Ballet for bringing this show to Alberta, uh, as well as Bottom Line Productions uh, for helping us facilitate this review episode. Yeah, it was kind of, they, they seem very busy, the dancers, so I was really happy to actually get in and talk to them briefly. Yeah. This episode of Bollywoodist for Lovers is brought to you by Perch, the new podcast from ATB. Listen to Perch, the podcast where ATB connects with the experts, influencers, and big thinkers who are shaping Alberta. Join host and ATB's Director of Insight, Rob Roach, as he shares the story of our economy through the Albertans who are driving it. Listen and subscribe to Perch the Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. For more information about Perch the Podcast, go to atb.com slash economics. LitFest, Canada's original nonfiction festival, runs from October 17th to 27th in Edmonton. Venues across the city will play host to authors and presenters from home and afar, giving their perspectives on true crime, historic mysteries, gender identity, mental health, food culture, and many topics in between. You can see the full list of presenters at litfestalberta.org. Festival passes are sold out, but you can get tickets to individual events. Get yours today at litfestalberta.org. And while you're there, use the offer code APNROCKS19 for $5 off your ticket. Uh, so that brings us to the end of this short supplemental. Uh, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break. Why are we taking a break, Matt? Well, I'm going to Germany for work and then for fun. <laughs> so if any one of you knows any movies set in Germany, I'm trying to think of off the top of my head, was Robta in Germany or was it Austria? I think that was like Prague. Yeah, there's a lot in Prague. Yeah. But I can't remember any off the top of my head where they go to Germany. They go to that weird German park thing. Yeah, that's Germany what I was park say. is that in Lamhe? Uh, no, isn't it in Tal? No, not Tal. Um, Delta Pago. Delta Pago. Yeah, that. Although I don't know if they say it's in Germany, but we looked it up. Like, where's this? You know, pan European theme park. It's I'm in pretty Germany. sure they do because they like fly there in a day. It's very strange. But yeah, like <laughs> if you can think of any Hindi movies that take place in Germany, and I'm going to Berlin and Frankfurt. So if there's any that take place there, yeah. do you think I should go like do an SRK pose in front of them or something? <laughs> like, send me a tweet. I'll do it. Uh, I'm yes. by myself, so I need something to keep myself occupied. So Matt will be in Germany two weeks all by himself. I will be here. Um, but we will be getting out our annual Hindi horror Halloween episode. It's a it's a uh, crossover with Netflix and Dill, too. Yes, this year it's going to be a Netflix and Dill episode. And so we are going so to this be... This is Halloween 5, Netflix and Dill. Yeah. We're going to be watching uh, Typewriter, the new uh, Sue Joy Ghost show that is on Netflix. Um, and in the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, send me your requests for places I should go in Berlin and Frankfurt and act like an asshole at, uh, like a tourist at at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S, or to at Bollywood Pod, because that's us. That's the whole show. I am at Aaron. This is on Twitter, by the way. On Twitter. <laughs> of course it's on Twitter. 
I am at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. If you're a fan of the show, please uh, go like our page over on Facebook, facebook.com slash Bollywood is for lovers. We also encourage you to leave a star rating and review on our Apple podcast page, just like Rono underscore you did. And it's then- the only way in the world to get Biffa points unless we arbitrarily give them out to Karen to give out to people. Yes. Uh, we want to thank Becca Dalkey for our fabulous artwork. We showed it to Adnan and Tandi, and they, they loved it. Pretty impressed. They were like, "Oh, it's it's Tuffy, the world's best dog." If you're missing us over this uh, little break, you can listen to my other show that I do weekly with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art in the Movies. We just recorded an episode about the Virgin Suicides and the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants because those you two understand the connection between those. Sure. It's it's, a, it's incredibly obvious. So obvious, uh, and I think that's it. Yeah. So check out Taj Express when it rolls through your town, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. <laughs>